What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do that. Can't stress the importance of it and uh, just what it does for the growth of the show and whatnot. You can also find the podcast on Spotify now, so follow it there if that's your preferred listening platform. And I've also been releasing some monthly playlists on Spotify as well. So I'll put the link in the uh, episode notes for those trying to put one out every first of the month. So there's a, a December 2020 and a January 2021 that is up there as well as a Bible Buds playlist that I just uh, put up there, which is... Uh, Inspired a lot by some of the chats that I've been having on another podcast I co-host with my buddy Andrew Harrison called Bible Buds, where we talk religion and spirituality and psychedelics, and we usually get pretty baked and uh, talk about the universe and life and talk about, uh, we have guests on and, and talk to them about their spiritual journeys and uh, the fallout of... Uh, being raised with religion and and then uh not having that into adulthood so if that sounds uh like something that's up your alley i would definitely encourage you to check it out uh we did about 40 episodes last year and we just put out the the first of the year and uh the best of 2020 episode is up there recently as well so that's a a good place to uh just kind of see what we've uh been doing with that podcast but uh anyhow the point is, is that the podcast is now available on Spotify and those playlists are up there as well. So uh, check out those. Uh, please do hit the follow and the like buttons. Those uh, help with uh, with visibility as well. And uh, we've got I Dig Records. Volume 11 is what you are tuned into this week. Back at it with my cuzzo, Rob Bobby Grooves Granfelt. And we're talking about Neil Young's Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. And uh, and then we're talking Dwight Sykes, Songs Volume 1. So we've got two really different records. we got this classic rock uh, singer-songwriter record. And then we've got this lo-fi four-track hip-hop record. And uh, also we have this really well-known, you know, iconic artist Neil Young and then we have this uh this pretty low-key unknown fellow by the name of Dwight Sykes so I, I like the uh I like the spread that we have on this is a fun conversation um there's a couple crackles on my my cousin's end of of the microphone so 
apologize for that. It doesn't happen very often, and hopefully it's uh, not incredibly distracting. And uh, appreciate y'all tuning in, checking this thing out. If you uh, if this is your first time checking out the I Dig Records deal, I would encourage you to go back if you dig what you hear. You know, we're always uh, just picking a couple records. We each pick one, and uh, we do the deep dive. So that's what's going on here. And I'll put all the links in the episode notes. Um, I will put uh, the links for High Pulp and Sun King, which are both Rob's bands. And you should definitely check those out. As well as Inside Voices, uh, which is uh, Rob's record label, which uh, has been putting some singles out these last couple months. So dig into that as well. Other than that, Hope your 2021 is off to uh, a good start and uh, you're uh, finding ways to keep your head above the water. We're going to dig into this thing. Appreciate everybody taking the time to tune in. I know there's a lot of other things that you could uh, be listening to. So to the loyal listeners out there, man, can't say can't say thank you enough. And uh, to the new ones. Every Friday, tune in, uh, go back, check out more. Next week, I believe we will have Slow Corpse on the podcast. Really stoked to share that conversation. So stoked to get into this one. Volume 11, I Dig Records. Let's do it. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. <laughs> digging records. Are you digging records? Yep. I actually I actually had a great time last night. Um, because of this Dwight Sykes record, I was, per usual, playing Rocket League and listening to the record. And, um, it you know, once you finish it, it gets you on just the algorithm, the playlist. And I've never, like dove into the you know spotify algorithm for the dwight sykes stuff and it just introduced me to some super awesome shit some stuff that i i knew certain artists but i didn't know these records or these songs and some stuff i just never heard of so now i have a whole like i have like four records five records that i need to listen to um, actually two of the ones that I suggested for tonight's or for the next episode are two records that I found yesterday. So I'm, uh, I've been digging records. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it a wonderful thing when you just like hit this whole new pocket of shit that you didn't know existed and then it continues to just lead to this lead down this rabbit hole of more stuff that you, you don't know about. It's unparalleled and it's, I feel like. I feel like it's maybe just by the nature of how things go, it's like less and less frequent that it happens, you know? And it's like, not that there's, I mean, there's so much shit out there, but I feel like when I was in college, I was just like every week I was like something new, you know what I mean? Or, you know, Oh, this thing and this thing and that thing. And, and I feel like that happens a little less frequently. So like last night I was just like, I stayed up till three. I was done doing shit at like, I was like ready to go to bed or whatever at like, you know, 1230. And I just laid in bed for like hours, just like listening to music, which is something I don't always do. Cause I feel yeah. like I'm just like, I'm just going to go to bed. But I was so like wired from finding new stuff. I was super stoked. For sure. 
it's fun when you hit hit a flow like that where you just want to listen to stuff and you don't want to stop yep you don't want to like be reading or you don't want to be doing anything else it's like the only thing you're doing is like laying there with your headphones on it's like you're in that yeah for sure because i get to listen to music so much all day at work because i'm mostly doing mindless stuff Mm-hmm. So I'm usually, you know, I have so much time to listen to music or podcasts, but it's definitely. Uh, but even then you're doing stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's rare for me also to just like sit down and only be listening to a record. Yeah. Um, And it's also dope that you you hit that like on on Spotify, you know. You know, yeah like those things are can be super fruitful as well yeah. like i i was uh i found this whole new pocket of stuff the other night off the apple music and mm-hmm. i was just browsing i never browse the menu categories yeah and yeah, me I, neither. I dipped into the uh the r&b soul one mm-hmm. and was just browsing the new records that was recommended there and right. I found a bunch of independent stuff. And, right. you know, these bands that maybe only have like a thousand or two thousand followers on yeah, on the gram, you know? And yeah. and it's just like super dope stuff off these these smaller labels. A lot of them out of Europe. Like the yeah. one of the records that I suggested for nice. this week was was I like I know which one you're talking about. I liked that one. I that God Street. Yeah, 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 that one's tight. Yeah, that's where I found that God Street band. And then that kind of led to looking at that label and checking yeah. out the other stuff on there. I looked at that label too. Yeah, there was just a couple records in that in that rotation that I kind of had that experience with. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's just a fucking endless. It is, it is how the, it's the gatekeepers of the new, the new day. I was saying this on a, uh, interview I did like a couple weeks ago with Radio K. Yeah, you you were in there. Oh, I checked uh, it out for a bit. Harassing me about yeah, dude. You're always talking baths. about fucking taking baths and listening to music in the bath. I love taking baths. Yeah, you do. That's that's why. Um, yeah, I was saying in that in that interview that like back in the day, if you were getting your CD at Best Buy and, you know, Tower Records, it was like guaranteed that you were going to sell X amount of copies. And we're talking tens of thousands of copies, you know, if not more, just by the fact that it's there because there's only, you know, I don't know, 600 records there, you know, or whatever. I guess Tower Records is different, but Best Buy, you know, because I used to go buy records at Best Buy. I remember CDs yeah, back for in the sure. day, you know, and, um, and now all that's totally gone, you know, and now you have this marketplace of Spotify or Apple Music, which is just anyone. It's wide open, you know, o- open, open entry. So it's sort of like that's not the marketplace anymore, even like Spotify. It's the playlists and it's right. the algorithm. And like that is where once you start to get into that, it's like you you start to like then then you're in the best buy of of. 2020 you know like that's sort of how it's how it's migrated is it's just like all you know predicated on on playlisting and and shit like that but yeah after i was listening to that um the freddie gibbs uh alchemist record a lot and that you know would then go into the algorithm and just got me on like a whole bunch of like cool stuff that there's like some schoolboy q songs i hadn't heard just like a lot of alchemist stuff 
that like because it was like you know half the freddie gibbs side which was like a lot of tyler and like west side gun and stuff that i love but i also knew and then it was sort of the alchemist side of things that i wasn't as familiar yeah. with so it was like every other song i was like oh this is this is cool mm-hmm. um yeah, the only thing that sort of sucks, I don't know how it is on Apple Music, but Spotify will just like recycle songs. Like if you're listening for an hour, you like you'll get the same song twice. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think that's pretty cool that once that record is over, it throws you into that cycle because that's not something that Apple does. Oh, yeah. Like the re- you either set it to the record just being over or it's set to play over again. So it doesn't just kick you to some radio station unless you say, Hey, I want to listen to the Dwight Sykes radio station. Radio, Right. So that's so much of why it happens is because I'm playing rocket league. I'm in the middle of a game and the record. Right. So you're not going to (laughs) switch. Yeah. And I'm not, I can't go change it. You know? I mean, yeah, dude, that's, that's always really dope though. Like that, that's happened several times when I'm maybe just on a YouTube channel. Yeah. and oh, listening yeah. to something um that's how i found odyssey mm-hmm. that's how i found that al waste ep from him it that's was how like, i found alchemist or al- was alchemist, listening sorry. to uh fuck it, it was listening to that isaiah rashad record that's only on youtube oh pieces of a kid yeah you can get it, it on dat list- piff okay yeah it's, it's well, like you can like download the mp3s but it was like listening to that and then finding Odyssey that that Odyssey shit, yeah. and then um, when I was listening, to, I was listening to Flamingosis, mm-hmm. Flaming Osis, rather. Is that how it's said? On, I think I believe it is Flaming Osis. I was I was do, I was trying to do some research on what the actual name is. Yeah, and it looks like it's Flaming Osis, which mm-hmm. is some uh, like frisbee golf reference i believe his his pops was like a legendary frisbee golfer i believe i don't know it's it's yeah but anyway i was listening to that channel and then from that came on the uh the a1 and phonics stuff that Mm -hmm. i've gotten like super heavy into like totally that don't sleep records entire label so yeah it's just cool that 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 is kind of the way it works because there it it's still like some of the randomness still exists you know yeah similarly to going to the record store and just like maybe picking up something blindly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know like even if it is an algorithm sometimes it really works and and it basically it's as good as that that person at the record store that sees something in your hand and, is like, and check says, this "Hey, out. yeah, if you don't if if you don't know about this one, you need to check this out as yeah. well." We're all getting replaced I love by that, the man. robots, man. I fucking love when the people at the record store. Speak oh, it is up. the best, absolutely. I love that. You know? I'll it's buy almost, the record too. Usually, if they good, recommend something, almost as good as when you buy whatever they're playing. <laughs> Which. Uh, that's happened. A few I've been times. with you yeah, <laughs> and I've done that. I yeah. did that. We're doing a Neil Young record. I did that with harvest one day. Oh really? With you at, at, at millennium? millennium. Yeah. They were playing harvest. And you're so like, I'm, I'm gonna go yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and get this. That's one of the few times I've ever bought something that was spinning in the store. Yeah. You're like, can you stop playing that so I can take it home? Please? Yeah. <laughs> this is the day where I pick up harvest but were you uh, were you were you a a pandora listener like when that all started i feel like i was in 
early high school when that happened. Yeah, I remember like what like, 2006, 2007. Let's take a look here. Even even later than that, man, I would listen to Pandora when I had my apartment um, back in California, and that was maybe that was when 20, I was in college. Like, then cause we're talking like, we're talking like 2012. Yeah, as I'm you know 20, 2010 to twenty twelve, using some Pandora on the TV. Oh yeah, because it was just like one of those apps that would be on the TV, mm-hmm. and it was before Spotify was so seamless. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, like. Pandora did this one thing that was pretty, actually pretty damn innovative, you know what I mean? But it was like so easy to like, you know, swallow by the other streaming services, you know, it's like, oh, now these streaming services offer you the whole world of music and the Pandora thing, you know? Yeah. Also because like, you know, Pandora is especially, I think, great for the casual music listener. Totally. Yeah. You know, someone that just likes to have music yeah. on. And, yeah, you don't even need to know, put an artist. Digs. You can just be like w- warm yeah. coffee, rainy yeah. day. Right, 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 right. Whatever. Um, where like the Spotify and iTunes thing, Apple Music thing, like really taps into the people that are maybe searching more in depthly. Right. And want to like really curate these playlists. Right, right, right. That's the ticket. It's though, so man. interesting that that's like an art, you know. Oh, playlist, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like being a DJ, and it's just like being a radio DJ. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's like what the radio DJs were doing in the '90s. You know, like, yeah, you have more control than a mainstream radio DJ probably at this point. Just curating your own playlist, as far as like breaking bands, a hundred percent. You know, 100%. yeah, hundred percent, and for sure and those are uh it's interesting like what a big deal that is now yeah. like you're saying like that's the gatekeepers so especially when when we are talking about somebody with a low amount of followers maybe a, a band with a thousand followers gets on this playlist with you know all of this other maybe even popular yeah. music top 40 music yeah. or something with on in some cases you know when when i'm getting that new music playlist yep. every week it's it's set so there's some uh some low-key independent music in there too along with you know maybe a yeah. freddie gibbs record i mean that happened like to that. us literally like two weeks ago with king underground was able to get one of the high pulp songs playlisted and uh we had like we had legitimately i think we had like 500 followers and uh it's been two weeks and now we have five thousand. and it's like that's you know like that's just the name of the game we nothing changed right. for us like we'd recorded that a long time ago <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not like we did anything <laughs> special it's like oh why didn't we do that and that sort of is like the thing that sort of also sucks it's like the double-edged sword where you're like how much shit is out there like teleporter right you take any of elliot's songs put him on a playlist that gets a lot of like attention he could blow up because it's the shit is so good you know what i mean but like it's just you know he probably has like literally like 30 listeners you know so how much shit is out there that like is amazing but that we haven't heard yet maybe won't ever hear you know it's sort of that that little like thought exercise and the answer is a lot 
Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of shit and you're not going to hear a lot of shit. I'm still excited to dig, man. It's uh it's this very cool even like rewarding thing. That's the I thing think. I miss about going to record stores that I haven't I haven't been to a record store since the pandemic and I I what I used to always do is take photos of the records that I didn't know or whatever that I was curious about and, you know, go home and add them to my playlist or whatever and just like make a list. And, you know, you might be like eight out of 10 of them, you sort of whatever. And then one out of 10, you're like, this is cool, but I don't need it. And then one out of 10, you're like, Ooh, this mm-hmm. one's actually cool. I think I want to add it to the collection. And maybe it only grabbed you just because of the artwork, you know, and lo, lo and behold, like, Oh, right. this is a classic record that you've never heard of, but some record store just has it. So yeah, I, I miss that element, and I feel like that's also sort of cut into my like ability in a way to to like find new shit. But I'm also trying to start listening to radio more. Like, I've been trying to listen to some Worldwide FM, which is the like BBC, like Giles Peterson thing. He's tapped into like a lot of a lot of shit, and uh, I, I just feel like going and asking different musicians. You know, or hearing there's like a lot of musician playlists on that. It's like seeing what they're putting on mm-hmm. is like super dope. Or like Krongbin just put out a, a late night tales and I love that whole late night tales series. And it's like you know that stuff, the late night tales? I haven't checked uh But have you listened to yet. like the Bonobo one or the Bad Bad Not Good or anything? Mm. Cool. It's super dope. It's no. like the artist just like basically makes a mix. It's like a, you know 18 songs or whatever and then they put it on wax and it's really good bad bad not good one's great bonobo one's great um so i'm excited to see what the krongbin one is because that's also like you know they're not trying to put like stairway to heaven on it or whatever like they want the deep cuts you know but yeah i'm sure that krongbin loves stairway to heaven <laughs> no yeah I, I feel you and then yeah just uh stumbling upon some of those blogs like i like looking up like maybe some of those more off the radar bands and then typing in like the record and see who picked up coverage on it and then you know see yeah following them or you know just like doing a deeper dive on maybe with that that website and seeing what else they cover you're, on you're the ideal listener in that way because like that's sort of how it's all designed like in a way that's sort of like trickle down that like actually works because like it doesn't work because most people don't do any of that shit you know what i mean like like you're going so deep on like oh this band i like this this one place covered it okay this place might cover others cool stuff i'm gonna become a fan of them now and it's like that's the that's the ideal way that it goes right you know like but yeah maybe i'm just cynical but like i feel like a lot of cats like don't really have that Mm. drive to like go anywhere beyond just like oh this thing feels good i'm just gonna stay here i think you're right like i i mean i don't in any way think that like what i'm doing is unique but i think maybe amongst a a small the small group that i hang out with you know maybe i'm keying into some stuff because of that that people wouldn't normally stumble upon, which is cool. And again, is like why those playlists become Mm -hmm. so important, right? You know, like the ones that are actually curated and maybe not like sorted out by an algorithm 
or like software because then you do have somebody that is doing the deep dive and then sharing that somewhere and if that person builds a following or like whatever dude like i just started doing the monthly playlist and it's like pretty spread out Mm -hmm. genre wise but it's dope to me if that even like one of those groups spreads to one new person i think totally is very cool i mean that's sort of just penny by penny you know that's sort of how it goes step by step yeah so neil young and crazy horse everybody knows this is nowhere 1969 i love this album cover Mm -hmm. he's just chilling with the dog just being fucking neil he's the best i um I think this is the first record yeah, it's his, with it's Crazy his, Horse. His second record, which I've never listened to the nineteen sixty eight self titled Neil yeah. Young release. Um I listened to a bit good? of it uh, like yesterday. It. I'm sure it's good. I think it's I think it's very cool. It's it's a it's a little more uh on the folky side. Okay. Um it's interesting because when I was I was browsing some stuff about um everybody knows this is nowhere yesterday, just to kind of see what people thought of it um, when it came out right. and those types of reviews. And I would see some that would be like, yo, this record's a 10. Mm-hmm. And then I saw another one that was just like, this just did not live up to the, the first solo release from Neil Young. Mm. Um, and that it, it fell a little flat. So it's just interesting to see the, the different opinions on that. How'd you come to this record? So I actually have been listening to this record a lot in the last couple weeks. I had never listened to it prior to that. Really? Uh, like you, I knew Cinnamon Girl and I knew Down by the River. I just didn't know where they came from. Down by the river. <laughs> um, and yeah, I love Neil Young. I l- love those two songs. And I was watching Almost Famous the other day. Oh, yeah, like, man. I was watching Almost Famous a couple of weeks ago. Um, the movie's fun. Ruby had never seen it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. So we're going to do this. And she's seen Pirate Radio. That one's always like, in, I watched them at the same time when I first saw them both. So they're both like in my brain together. Even though they're like, you know, I've never even seen Pirate Radio. Oh, dude, you guys got to watch that. Okay. Yeah, like put that on the like ASAP list. You guys will love it. We'll do. We'll do. Philip Seymour but, Hoffman, man. Yeah, he's amazing, dude. He's so good and almost famous. But I was watching that and um I picked up on Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere was on is in that soundtrack. Cool. There's there's a part of that movie where it plays and I was like, whoa, I don't know that I really know this Neil Young song, right. and this shit is so good. Like, it sounded very familiar. I'm sure it wasn't the first time I had heard it. Obviously, it wasn't the first time I had seen the movie, but it was just the first time that it really hit. It's one of those songs that and sounds like it's, like, timeless, though, too. Like, it might be the first time you hear it, even though it probably wasn't, but it might have been. The first time you heard it, it might have felt like you'd heard it before. It's one Yeah, of, yeah, absolutely. One of those, you know? So, I yeah, after watching that movie, I immediately went outside and found found that jam through my airpods mm-hmm. and had to know like where did this come from mm-hmm. 
like what is it what record is this mm-hmm. on and i had never really listened to this one mm-hmm. and never really even understood the crazy horse reference in titles and right. like what that band was and and whatnot so i'm very new to this record yeah. i'm just like familiar like like i said with cinnamon girl and down by the river because of that decade record or like that that comp what's up there's that comp called decade that that i had on vinyl i think you might have it maybe you don't i don't word but those two songs are on that that's how i knew them because i had that decade record back i don't know in like got it yeah years ago yeah years and years ago i had um like the Neil Young greatest hits on a burn CD. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I knew the bangers and then I knew some other jams and it's just crazy cuz he just has so much music and then he's a part of so many other projects yeah. before his solo shit even takes off. Yeah, the CSNY like that Deja stuff. Vu. That Deja Vu record yeah. from Crosby Stills Nash and Young is one of my favorite albums. 100%. I think that that record is just amazing. Timeless. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. The more I listen to Neil Young, he's like, he just continues to climb the list of my favorite songwriters. Yeah. He's, he's unreal. dude, And his voice, his voice is so fucking good. I can't, I can't think of any songwriter that I would put above him personally. And like, maybe there's some that like, like Prince. I love Prince. You know what I mean? It's like, am I comparing Neil Young and Prince? It's like, I love them both and neither of them is better than the other, you know? But like within this, this sort of world, this sort of quote unquote genre of things, like Neil Young is the one, like in my opinion. And I I think it's, it's beyond his music or maybe it's like his, it's not beyond his music, but like just him as a person, yeah dude you can feel it yeah like like it it really like is like that's that's the thing like there's so much like soul in his music and and that's like not even like the more interviews you watch with him the more you read about him or just like the more that you like find out about him the more you're just like this guy's fucking genuine as shit in his music like this is like if everybody made music from this place, like nobody would make bad songs, hmm, you know, powerful. Yeah. It's like, it's, and that's why it's like, dude, that's why his shit is so good. Always <laughs> like, you know, like, it, and yeah, like I, I didn't know this record really. And I'm not saying he's never made a bad song, you know, but you know, I like hyperbole, but when I was working at the Royal room, we, uh, we were doing this series for the last couple of years um, before the pandemic. And it was like 50th great records of blank year. So in 2018, it was 1968. And in 2019, it was 1969. So, you know, yeah. we did like Bitches Brew and, you know, some uh, the White Album or something for 68. Um, and uh, we did Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. And I was like, I was like, and by we, I, for the listeners, like I, I worked there. I wasn't playing the show. Uh, I just worked at the venue and, uh, we were figuring out this series and I was like, I didn't know that this, this Neil Young record is like that great. You know what I mean? I just didn't know anything about it, let alone that it was like 
a record that if you're going to pick like five or 10 records to look back on of all genres from 1969, that like, this is one of the iconic ones you look, you know, you, you pick. Um, yeah. So that sort of caught me off guard. And then I just didn't ever listen to it <laughs> cause I forgot or something, but I, I, I was pleasantly surprised that I think I liked the songs that I didn't know on this record, even more than the songs that I did know. Same everybody knows uh, this is nowhere is like a classic like that's just like one of the best like that's now like a top five neil young song for me i love it that's maybe like just a top five song for me <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> like it's i i think i've l- honestly listened to this song once every single day since found discovering yeah. this yeah. album dude like i just it makes me feel so fucking yeah, good totally totally and i just think that Man, the the energy captured on this whole recording just feels so so good and, and his guitar tones, dude. This is the thing that's so funny about Neil Young. It's like so hard to like pull apart from Neil Young. And this is why I love that interview that you sent. Um, and we should cut to the part where he talks about these guys that are just like shredding on guitar and just like super nasty at guitar. And he's just like, how do they do that? The point that I love about that is like when I, when I heard him say that in the interview, um, I immediately thought of his solo in uh down by the river i think it is where he just goes which one uh the one that just goes up at some point in one of the other podcasts that we talked that we were talking about some some guitarist just being like neil young's a hack you know what i mean and it's like yeah i totally understand that if you're like some fucking pretentious asshole that like thinks you need to be like this or that like it's you know that you might think that he's bad at guitar you know what i mean maybe he is i don't know what good yeah. i don't know what good at guitar is all i know is that like Neil Young is able to express himself on the guitar. So like, that's good for me. You know what I mean? Like he might not be 
John McLaughlin or or Jimi Hendrix or something, and that's cool. It's just like different strokes. But I love his self awareness in that interview, and like sort of in the, in the other part of the interview, he talks about how just like Crazy Horse as a band is like greater than the sum of its parts. You know, it's like that's that's sort of the magic that like you know you could put him with any other even better musicians or you can put him with you know any other people that have more hits or whatever but like the thing that comes out it's like you're baking you know what i mean you can put other ingredients but like they might not taste good just because they cost more money or whatever you know like you gotta find the right mixture and that's what he's talking to in in that interview at the other part where he's just like yeah you know we have this like subconscious subliminal like connection that like this thing just comes out in this way that like it hasn't ever with anybody else before like damn that's powerful we should play that just the first three minutes of that kurt loader interview where he's talking about all that stuff with crazy horse in the field you've worked in folk and blues and country and and r&b i wonder what what it is that you find to be the the common thread through all this music just having fun and being there and getting into it is what keeps me at it. The common thread with Crazy Horse's music is different because there is a common thread, and that's a group that I keep coming back to, whereas all the other groups are like uh, transient stops compared to Crazy Horse, yeah. even though I'm completely committed to every one of them while I'm working with them, and I don't look past it, which means that, you know, it is all encompassing to him, to me while I'm doing it. Even a thing like the Shocking Pinks, I would be totally into it. You know, and, and, you know, things that met with little success at all were just as much my uh, obsession as things which pleased a lot of people. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Crazy Horse is a longer-running thing, with you, yeah. which draws you back to them all the time. It's rock and roll. Crazy Horse and I are rock and roll, and we, we uh, even if we're whatever kind of song we're playing if we're just playing together with guitars and stuff and it just works out so it just sounds like rock and roll doesn't yeah. sound like uh, anything else it's pretty primitive stuff simple anybody can play it that knows how to play a little bit but we just go for the feel you know that's all we're yeah. a feel band yeah, you've got a feel drummer and a <laughs> feel bass player and a couple of feel guitar players and uh, <laughs> Posing is, you know, not to, try not to pose too much. <laughs> Got to strike one every once in a while, but, you know, it's, we really like to just close our eyes and groove, you know. Yeah. You made a great comment once that Crazy Yours is a great band until some real musician walks into the room. <laughs> yeah. and just it ruins over. everything. <laughs> Why is that, do you suppose? Uh, I don't know. Don't spook the horse. <laughs> That's what it is, but, you know... Uh, especially studio musicians you know people for me my point of view is well a lot of studio musicians might like to play on my album or something you know you know I mean you know I get my you know they'll find especially you know at one time or another in my life when I'm more popular or less popular or whatever it changes all the time but so they a lot of people said to me just that you know crazy horses like you know those guys can't play man (laughs) (laughs) To which you reply. Uh, I say, well, you know, they can't play with you. <laughs> you know, but they, you know, when we play together, it's like, you know, it's it's us. It's yeah. like there's not a guitar solo. It's a band playing. Yeah. It's jamming. 
It's everything at once. It's not just a hero with support. It's not yeah. like that. And I only play that kind of music when I play with Crazy Horse. Yeah. It's the only time that I ever get to that place with my guitar where where it, it, it is elevated. And I know it. I can feel it. So it feels real good. Yeah, I think you're sometimes maybe underestimated as a guitarist when you're really a great guitar player. Do you see yourself as a really great guitar player? Or? Well, not really, but a maker of noise. <laughs> I, and a melodic noise, too, yes. sometimes. But uh, a group cannot, cannot uh, you know... If you're learning how to play, you can play what I play. Yeah. You know, but if you're, you know, I mean, it doesn't take very long to learn how to play the notes that I play. I don't play very yeah. fast. Even my fastest playing is slow compared to some of these guys like Steve Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you see these guys on, on, on MTV, you know. I don't know how they do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? What is that? <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I don't. That was. Uh, you don't know, sit home and try or anything. Right? No, no. I did for a while. I tried. It's hard to do it. Oh, it's thing. way too hard. It's real hard. I do it by. Uh, I get sort of the same sound by just gnarling right down on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get the pick. What's your favorite? What's your favorite song? Is it Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere? Yeah. Yeah, I just can't. I can't. I have to. This song is is. It just does something to me. What else? What's your what? What else? But, what else do you love? Um. I really like Rounding and Round. Mm-hmm. As well as the Losing End. Losing End is great. Running Dry, I I like, but like compared to the rest, it's like. I love the rest of them. I love the rest of them. Running Dry sure. is the only one that I'm sort of like, again, I don't dislike it at all even. You know what I mean? It's like you put in a bunch of tens on this record and then you give me like a seven. That's how I feel about it. Because you know? <laughs> it just feels a little bit less original. You know what I mean? Yeah, Running Dry is, is definitely my least favorite on the record. It's still a yeah. great song. And I really dig like some of the raw quality of the the recording on mm-hmm. it i feel like that one has like a different a different vibe mm-hmm. to it and that violin is is pretty haunting it's the only track that has mm-hmm. that violin but it just i don't know man it digs into the ear a little abrasively i think at times and it might have been done intentionally and especially around this time when like drug use is at an ultimate yeah. high, I can see them just kind of being in the Fuck room and be like, this feels yeah. really cool. You know, this feels wild and kind of fucked up. And uh, I just kind of wish it wasn't so forward in the mix. It kind of makes me feel like it was very, like, very overdubby vibe to, to like a record that never feels that way yeah. anywhere else. 
but yeah like that's a that's a track where where the lyrics are great um neil's just a, a master on he's a he's such a great lyricist yeah and his ability to like come up with like sing songy memorable hooks that are also like have interesting turns you know and his unique he has such a unique voice like i think if he had like a quote-unquote better voice like it, it wouldn't it there like there's so much like charm in neil young as a whole unit because again it just taps back into that like this is just genuity you know what i mean like he's just really just being being so genuine and you can hear that and you can hear that in all the other musicians as well yeah um on that running dry song he's got that that section i'm sorry for the things i've done i've shamed myself with lies but soon these things are overcome and can't be recognized like he's got he's got some some heavy shit on this record um you like that losing end song yeah that tune's great i think it's yeah we can play it yeah i, I love how it, it it has like um it has that like sing-songy little bounce to it you know um that nine times out of ten feels corny and neil young is the only frequent person that can do something like this and not have me cringe you know and i do the opposite i do the opposite of cringe when neil young does it i'm just like yeah this is so fucking good you know yeah like the whole this song specifically like when you're talking about that bounce like this whole album feels like an outdoor mm-hmm. festival to me like this album uh captures like the magic vibe of a yeah, pickathon yeah. music festival and i just want to like listen to neil young sing forever when i'm totally. listening to tunes like this like i just want to hear this dude around yeah. the campfire i want to hear him fucking wailing yeah. on the electric only the way that neil young can but uh yeah this is this is a fun track this losing end I went into town to see you yesterday, but you Maintain 
so hard for me now But I'll make it somehow Though I know I'll never be the same Won't you ever change your ways It's so hard to make love pay When you're on the losing crazy too is the um i'm sure you read this part too but uh he wrote cowgirl in the sand everybody knows this is nowhere cinnamon girl and down by the river when he had like 103 fever no way yeah he just wrote them all uh in the same in the same fucking day he was just <laughs> he super wrote all fucked of them. up and like yeah he wrote all of them in the same day with a super high fever and he's like boom I'm Neil Young. Yeah, dude. It's like something in that too, like says a lot about like just getting out of the way of yourself. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people like self-impose things like, oh, like I, I can only, if I, if I write a song too fast, it means I, I, I didn't care about it or I didn't put my all into it. It's like, no, like that's all still ego. You know what I mean? That's like putting yourself into the process right and like you just if you write four songs in a day or you write zero songs in four weeks like it does like it's about the song you know and it's it's like those things about the approach or like for instance the lead vocals on everybody knows this is nowhere he's saying this is just straight from the wikipedia i love that they have this in um he sang it on a temporary uh, talkback microphone in the mixing room. <laughs> so he was just like in the mixing room. He wasn't even in the studio, in, yeah. the, in the live room. And he was just singing a scratch track and it had no verb and it was like just raw. And if you listen to the vocals on that tune, you're like, yeah, it does sound pretty, just like pretty raw, you know, no verb or anything. And he just really liked the way it sounded. So he's like, yeah, let's keep it. It's the title track of, you know, my big follow-up record. Let's just oh, not 
let's just say fuck it like not for the sake of saying fuck it right that's the thing like let's just i like the way that sounds you know like let's go with it like that's that's the thing that's like so cool so inspiring about people like neil young everybody seems to wonder what it's like down That's amazing, dude. Just, I I love to hear that. That he's just in the control room, singing a scratch track, and and then that that's the one, man. That's the one yeah. that has the the energy. That's what he's looking for, right? Like that's that's how you know, because like, look, if that's the one that's that if that's the one that's the one, then you're not gonna get another one, because then that's not the one, <laughs> you know, like it's sort of built in like that. Like if that's yeah. how you want it to sound. And that's what we always say, like in a handful of my projects is like, Hey, like if that's how you want it to sound, then don't, don't worry about it. Don't do it again. Don't worry if, if, if that plate dropped in the background or, you know, like mm-hmm. what, like whatever, like yeah. if, if this is how you want it to sound, that's all that matters is yes or no. And if the plate dropping in the background means that that's not how you want it to sound, then that's totally valid. Let's do it again and get it, you know? But like, if you, if this is how you want it to sound, it doesn't matter the X's and O's of like, oh, it wasn't on my RE20, you know? Like, (laughs) who gives a shit? Yeah. No, I feel you. I think that that was, uh, that's something that took me a while to understand, you know? Yeah. Especially growing, I don't know, listening to the records that I did growing up. I mean, there would be some dirty punk stuff here and there. And like also the music that I wanted to play at that time was very, very polished in a lot yeah. of ways. And then when you start was working that whole with, LA thing, man. Yeah. It's like when you, when you start working, I think with, uh, producers with, and shit. with engineers, even that yeah. know what you're trying to do, they kind of push right. towards the same thing where, right. where maybe it sucks some of the the energy out of it and it it all becomes like technical structure which is also right. like well respected but like can you deliver that energy too and like is the the take where the voice is maybe slightly out of tune a vibier than the one that is yeah so, absolutely um, it's got to have the soul like that that is it it has to have the soul and that doesn't mean it has to have the grit like i thought that todd terry album had a lot of soul no that's grit pol- that's polished <laughs> as hell <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah except for, sure. for that one song which i'm never gonna fucking Mary. stop talking about dude yeah Mary. um but then you what, like yeah i think a perfect example of that on on this record is cowgirl in the sand I was going to ask what you thought about that song. I I think this song is great. Like I'm down for these it. for these fucking 9 minute jams like this and down by the river. I love it. And how much space is in between some of the the vocal parts and these these big instrumental breaks that I'm bored with in no way. It's like yeah. the complete opposite of that spiritualized record <laughs> yeah, where totally. I'm just like I'm just down because you can hear I think a lot of the feel in, in the playing, like especially Mm -hmm. in Neil's playing. And I love when the song hits like the five minute mark 
There's a fat solo. And then the vocal comes back in. Hello, Ruby in the dust. And then there's like this dope vocal climb to the next section. But then around the six minute mark coming out of the chorus, there's another guitar solo. And this is just like another one of those things where, yeah, this is not Steve Vai executing some incredibly technical next level solo. Yeah, but just, just like the placement of the notes is super, super yeah. rad and like serves heavy. And it's just like maybe there's even some mistakes in there, but it just it just feels good. Like they were just jamming and like, and you know, just like he's talking about in those interviews where like some people thought that, you know, Crazy Horse itself was like not a great band and maybe, maybe they weren't without yeah. Neil Young too. The same way where he's just like, yeah, like maybe they don't serve other people. Maybe they're not so great without him. And I don't know, there's not much of a career outside of the Neil Young stuff mm -hmm. for this band. Mm -hmm. They came out of another band, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And they also like lost, I think it's the guitar player, like oh. three years after this to oh, word. some overdose. Damn. So like he was only around for a few years and then different different person cycled in there. But I did find it interesting that Crazy Horse is, you know, almost exclusively like this Neil Young thing, it seems like from what I saw on the Wikipedia. And then you also have this, this producer, David Briggs, who pretty much has done all the Neil Young records, mm -hmm. which I think that's really fucking cool too. Absolutely. I mean, again, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it you know like, i mean yeah and like how many times have you turned on a neil Ye neil young record and been like oh this doesn't feel like there's some soul in this yeah never 
I also love in uh, Cowgirl in the Sand, I love at the eight minute mark after the parts we were talking about when it comes back into the vocals, not in the hook, but just in like sort of the verse. I love how they bring it down there and it's um, it's just so nice and like melodic. It's easy. You know, it's like, it's like mm. a nice little sort of like respite from where you've just been. harmonies on this are fucking great mm-hmm. like neil young has just been a part of so many dope ensembles where where the harmonies are just like killer that he had to come out of that into his solo stuff and, yeah. and continue to keep that going i think and yeah those are just amazing parts of the tracks for sure you know what's cool that i didn't know until recently was that um when Crosby stills Nash and Young, I don't know if it was all four of them that played at Woodstock, but Neil Young was there with at least two of them. And uh, he thought that this is like, this is why Neil Young is a fucking boss. Um, he thought that the artists were playing too much to the, uh, the cameras instead of the crowd. So he <laughs> didn't let them record their set. He's like, so that's why there's no like video footage that's amazing because he's like fuck this this is a fucking music festival for the people the people are here all you fucking rock and roll stars just playing to the goddamn cameras aren't even playing to the people like the people are here to watch you not to watch you film yourself you know so neil young was just like no the dude's just like you know he just plays by his own his own code you know that's that's the that's the high elevation yeah that's a that's a cool place to be or it seems seems to be uh, yeah that's where it's at i think he's like relatively happy yeah and it's cool i don't know man it's rad that he still does the thing and it seems like he continues to have really positive inspiring interactions with the musicians mm-hmm. that are on the rise now or are big shit now mm-hmm. and, you know, have a relationship with mm-hmm. him. Just always see like him and Eddie yeah, better. The whole Pearl Jam crew, you know, yeah, he, cause like, they were his a, band you know, for a while. Right. Sort of. I think they did a tour together. Similar to how like Tom Petty took, uh, or sorry, Bob Dylan took Tom Petty's band. And the heartbreakers yeah i think it was uh something along those lines i, I don't want to say for sure like we're probably like just spouting off bullshit but yeah, i do us. do know there's like a pretty big relationship there yeah. and so it's it's just cool to i don't know you just kind of know that he's not only is he like his own character and his he's kind of like there's no bullshit dude 
he's also just seems like he's very genuine and 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 a fun yeah. hang. Yeah, that interview's hilarious. Well, I'm used to seeing him in the interviews being a little bit more like sort of stoic and almost like shy at times. But this interview that that we had some clips from, I think is from like obviously a little later in his life. And he he's just Yeah, it looks like it's it's probably he's from just the nineties. Wild dude. He's just fucking around fucking hat and the sunglasses, like just like cracking jokes, you know, self-effacing. Like it's, it's awesome yeah. compared to like, and I also like love that, like younger Neil Young. That's like, seems like sort of, I don't know, just like he's always humble, but like it really comes out then too. He's like a little more soft spoken, I think in his younger years. Yeah. And I love Kurt Loder. Like he facilitates this pretty cool conversation. You can tell that they're just like having yeah, totally. a hang, you know, and the and the questions yeah. he's asking are great. Well, they're questions. not they're not canned. Just legendary from like it's it's wild seeing like kind of seeing that interview because Kurt Loder was like this legendary MTV figurehead to me. You know, he did MTV News, and I would watch MTV every single day, like from. From you grew up, man. You grew up in the wonderful MTV years. I grew up in. It was like sort of fading. Yeah, man. Like I remember. I, was, I remember TRL. That's like it. But like ninety three, ninety four, yeah. seeing Teen that's, Spirit. Yeah, dude. That's and, the golden era. You know, breaking on MTV and yeah, dude. you know, Big Papa video. Yeah, for dude. Biggie. It's yes. Like, yeah, just crazy. But Kurt Loder would always do the news segment. Word. That would come out like every ten minutes to the hour. Really? It's like, this is Kurt Loader, MTV News. <laughs> I'm Kurt Loader with MTV News. Rock musicians have spent much of this past week bidding farewell to Nirvana leader Kurt Cobain, who committed suicide last week at the age of 27. For example, REM singer Michael Stipe, with whom Cobain had become friends, told MTV News on Tuesday that, quote, in the last few weeks I was talking to Kurt a lot. We had a musical project in the works, but nothing was recorded. He loved Courtney and Frances Bean, Cobain's wife and baby daughter, and he loved Kristen, Dave, and Nirvana. He really loved those guys. Yeah. His death That's is a funny. profound loss. That's crazy. That I don't. I. I don't know. I wonder, like, how, like, what the fuck happened to MTV? I don't know, man. It just became something different, and it's interesting now because I think that like podcasts have definitely taken over big parts. Or like occupied that space in some way of as far as like getting the dope interviews. Yeah. That that has really changed the game. But I don't know. I would still love to like turn on MTV and and Me for too, it to man. be what it what it was. But that just doesn't seem to be realistic for for some reason, you know. But even like VH1 and shit, like just places that were playing music videos all the time. That's what I remember. Like when I was a kid. You know, yeah. when I play in a live concert, eat breakfast before going to school every single morning, I would have on MTV, VH1, or BET, just like something that was playing music, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you just like that was, yeah, just like such a place for like music videos and stuff too. Like, yeah, man. When all that, like, My Chemical Romance and like Fallout Boy and The Killers, like all had these huge music videos. I remember that Muse, Starlight, like just all of these videos, right? We're talking like 2006 probably. Um, 
Well, that was when you when they would put like a movie budget into uh, <laughs> a music video, dude. Yeah. Like because it was just big. It was big business. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then they sort of music videos sort of just felt like they disappeared. Like throughout, like when I was in high school, for the most part, they're coming back. I feel like Kendrick was really helpful and sort of like reuniting the like artistic like expression and obviously this was a huge grain of salt there's been a million artists that in that you know interim were doing cool shit with their music videos but Kendrick did it in a way that brought it to the mainstream again that I think then became undeniable for you know the people that that have the the, the money and the the big the big decision makers to be like okay like people still care about music videos you know yeah, I think there's been definitely a rise on the independent level too, especially as like an iPhone becomes such a high yeah. quality camera, you're getting more and more people that along with the single are making some sort of low budget video, even maybe if they're on on more of the, the ground level of things, which is which is cool because again, like the internet acts again as that TRL if you want it to, you know, you get somebody that has a YouTube channel where they're putting together a playlist mm-hmm. of videos that maybe has mm-hmm. a following, you know, you're kind of getting that yeah. same effect. I remember this Kamaya video, this rapper I like, she's from the, from Oakland. Um, and, uh, yeah, she had this, this super cool song that I remember I was like, in college it was like 2014 or 2015 and uh she put this thing out and it was just like i was like this rapper i've never heard of and it was like super legit looking and you know like i don't know it's just like a cool way that you can sort of like level yourself up like even if you maybe don't have like a big squad behind you you know like or like major label money behind you you know absolutely yeah man what are we playing out your favorite i don't know man i feel like we talked about this song a lot it's the title track it seems like if anybody hasn't heard this song before i feel like this is going to be a a nice good service nice treat for them you know yeah let's do it so this is uh neil young and crazy horse everybody knows this is nowhere the title track i think i'd like to go There's a woman that I'd like to get to know living there. Everybody seems to wonder what it's like down here. I gotta get away from this day to day running around. Everybody knows this is I think about back home It's cool and breezy I wish that I could be there Right now Just passing time Everybody seems to wonder What it's like down here I gotta get away
Did you uh, check out that other clip that I had sent to you today where he's uh, being interviewed um, and the woman that's interviewing him is just kind of talking to him about how some of his records have been critiqued and whatnot. And he's just kind of talking about how he feels sorry for the critics because they can't just go to a show and have fun. <laughs> they have to like stand there and like figure out what's wrong That's with it awesome, or whatever. Dude. And he's just like, I feel sorry for those people. He's like, they don't, they, they can't just go and have Dang. fun. At times throughout your career, you've been uh, bitterly panned by the uh, music critics. Has that affected you in any way? Well, it seems to have affected them a lot more than me. <laughs> I, I don't even recognize most of them, you know, and they come and go. They write good reviews, they write bad reviews. They're critics. I mean, you know, they have to criticize. They can't enjoy. They're not enjoyers. They're critics. Sure. People come and have a great time. The critics come and try to figure out what's wrong and uh, what's right. You know, so it's a job for them when they go to a show. Oh, my heart goes out to them. I tell you. The ever enlightened Neil Young. <laughs> I'll put I'll put those links in the uh, in the episode notes if people want to see like those full clips those full interviews that we're talking about the one with kurt loader and that that other one that i just yeah. mentioned i'm trying to um by trying to i mean i'm i'm not making any effort to but i've long been meaning to read the book waging heavy peace it was like his biography like he's he's lived a pretty crazy life like it's not like he's like you know drinking tea and chewing bubble gum you know yeah he lived a life of rock and roll oh last week or whenever we did that spiritualized episode you were uh you were questioning whether (laughs) you like rock and roll or not and this is my argument that you you don't hate rock and roll dude yeah, yeah like, no, I never said yeah, I hate rock and roll. You don't hate rock and roll because never this this record is rock and roll. Like I know I love I know you didn't say roll, you, you that you hated it, but you were like maybe I don't love or like mm. rock and roll that much. That's what you said. I love during rock that and spiritualized roll. episode and this is my nah. my argument against that is that you fucking no i do i do i do you I do, love I do. rock and roll of course i do but like <laughs> you love some but rock like i don't roll. know i don't know i don't know if i would consider like crazy horse i mean maybe it is rock and roll i think if it is rock and roll it's like true rock and roll you know what i mean but like yeah. i don't know man like <laughs> yeah i don't know i think i more mean like the stones like that kind of rock and roll like i feel like spiritualized like takes a few pages out of the stones book um Mm. and and i don't dislike the stones and i don't dislike spiritualized we're gonna do sticky fingers dude yeah i'm super down dude we're gonna gonna do that sticky fingers i want to i want to be convinced man i want to be convinced it's too not unconvinced i guess so maybe that's not even the right way to put it but like i just feel like yeah, I don't know, man. I like the Who. I think the Who is fucking cool. Keith Moon, Keith man, it's sick. Shred City. Um, uh, all right, let's get into this D- Dwight Sykes record, this uh, Songs Volume One. Where did you, uh, where did you stumble upon this? Ben Shawland and I, Ben from the Big Building, Big Building Records. You, 
to run the Seattle. shows at the moon together and all this and that old longtime friend now we used to like have dj just like hangs he has like two turntables and i'd bring over 20 records and he had crates of records and um just you know he'd play a song and then i'd you know play a song we go back and forth and and uh yeah so so earcave.com i recommend everybody check out it's this super cool washington dc based web store record shop um and there's some connection with ppu so people's potential unlimited is the record label and they have some connection with earcave it might be the same cats it might not i don't i don't i don't know but uh what's super cool about ear cave is like they have a bunch of shit that you certainly can't find on spotify probably can't find on youtube especially not in full um and the dude uploads snippets of every song still like and not just like five seconds like it's like a good minute you know and uh so i would just like spend hours going through ear cave just like you know has like some little genre tags and they're like pretty out there genre tags you know like cosmic caribbean boogie funk synth wave vapor wave yeah vapor <laughs> vapor wave japanese vapor wave uh psychedelic you know club you know and you're like okay so uh yeah i would just cruise on there and just find a ton of records i i mean i've probably got 20 of my favorite records from ear cave um you know and i, I don't i'm happy that this dwight sykes is now on spotify because it wasn't at the time that i bought it um and yeah it's this so so this was just like a buy i just like found it on the website and i listened to it i was like i like it i bought it listened to it more and more and more and more and more this was probably in early or late 2015 because then i went to grandma's house maybe it was 2016 because i was at grandma's house for uh thanksgiving one year and i just bought the four track that's when you brought the four track down yep. and did did work that week <laughs> yeah yeah and it i mean it just inspired me to make this whole project you know like so yeah i love i love the four track sound i love how it's it's gritty um i love how it's riffy it's groovy i love how some songs are instrumental and some songs have vocals so you have this on vinyl uh-huh that's tight i want if it's still available i'm definitely i was there today it's it's available in your case i'm i'm getting this yeah i'm i'm in it i also yeah. like really dig the lo-fi qualities to like the four track and i know as we get deeper into the record it kind of opens up into something much differently uh sonically on a on a couple tracks um yeah i i like the like wherever you are the opening track is you know it's a vibe immediately it's grooving it's it's a cool chill vibe it's not um i wouldn't say that it was like the thing where i was like oh man immediately putting this on a playlist or something that actually took me that that took me a couple tracks it did it took me to get into that's the way love is and i really like the effect that they have going on this vocal it feels like 
this woman is like singing into an answering machine or maybe like one of those children's karaoke machines. Yeah. Like it's just a really fucked up, watered down, saturated treatment on the vocal. And, uh, but it's, it's a, it's a groove for sure. that track so much and it's only like there's only two it's only two tracks on the record that have vocals so uh yeah 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 i love the i love the use of the synths i mean it just sounds like casio's drum machines i mean this whole thing was just made on a keyboard i'm sure like this bass is probably just the the bass setting on the keyboard you know and the drums just the drums boom and the the wispy wee synths flying around in the background are just like it's just like such a such an aesthetic for sure it is and it's uh like i think the mixing on the record is really interesting yeah there's some left field there's some left field shit sometimes but sometimes shit'll jump out at you you know like and you you can tell it's like it's got to be such an integral part of like shaping the songs with a record like this though the mixing process yeah well i mean the mixing process if since he's doing this on a four track like he doesn't have much you know like mixing ability you know depending on how he did it because it seems like he was doing this just all on tape right he was never he was never bringing it onto the computer so it's all just on the tape and you have four tracks and I don't know how he recorded the drums, right? Since it's a keyboard, it's not live. It's probably just, boom, one track is the drums. It's, there's no mix. You can't turn the hi-hat up. You know, you can't turn the, the kick kick up or down. It's just, boom. Bass, track two. Keys, track three. Just wherever it's at. Synth, track four. And then you can, like, you know, say, okay, I want the drums lower <laughs> in general. I want the bass up higher in general. And then what you can do is you can bounce them down. And that's where you start to lose quality. So songs that have a lot of um, tracks on them that get bounced down more and more are the ones that are going to have a little lower quality because what you do with the four track is you take those four tracks and you bounce all, all of them down to one to track number one. So now you have three tracks open again. And that's like, okay, now we can record the vocals over it. Now we can record the backup vocals over it. And then we now we can record that over it. And if you want to record more shit on top of that, you have to bounce those three down on top of the one that you already have. Right. And then it, it just keeps, but you're using physical tape. You know what I mean? So like it keeps on adding this, this data to this tape that, you know, is a, is an analog thing. And, you know, you start to, in a cool way sometimes, and also in a way that's like understandable, lose that quality a little as you add more tracks. But yeah, man, just the whole thing is so interesting to me. And it, yeah, it got me excited about working with analog gear and four tracks. And Twan's been messing around with the four track here at the house now recently. And um, Elliot from Teleporter mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, he does all of his shit on a four track. That guy to voices stuff, a lot of that was done on a four track. You know, 
Um, the four track, Tascam four track is the way to go, man. I love it. Like it doesn't leave you with a whole lot of options like you're saying so it, it like comes down to like some of the having some of those like creative parameters yeah or some like boundaries not like to 18 million plugins what you can do yeah it's just like look if you don't like the way that that sounds you should do it again you know or if you want this to sound different like you have to turn the reverb on on the guitar you know like depending but yeah, yeah. it's 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 cool bye is such a dope track. Yeah. This was the one where I was I was just in. I was like, <laughs> uh, this all day. Tight. And the bass line on this one yeah. is just so <laughs> nasty. <laughs> and then, oh, man, the way he makes the cheesy-ass, like, Fruity Loop-sounding claps yeah. sound dope. Well, it's some is, 80s shit. It's, it's very totally cool, different. Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, yeah, it's totally different. It's just like steeped in this whole other aesthetic. It's not it's not like yay, claps, <laughs> you know, like No, no. And and uh, he uh like at a couple points too, he even uses them like percussively similarly in a way Jay Dilla does where it's actually like kind of drags the beat a mm, little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, and what do you think? I'm trying to remember what song it is that has like the like basically like sound of like breaking glass or some shit just out of so nowhere. That's, that's the good time, and it's oh, yeah. the um. That's my one complaint about this record. Yeah, it's right? so fucking so hilarious. <laughs> it's like, it's like this is the tune that doesn't do it for me, and it's because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. I would play this, you know, when we would have shows at the moon, just like, you know, house music before, before the bands would start playing. And I would play this a lot, this whole record, just because it was a nice thing. Just, you could play it front to back. You know what I mean? Yeah. In between bands really quick. Yeah. And you don't have to like make a playlist or anything. It's just boom. And, um, and whenever this song would come on, that sound would happen and like without fail every single time, at least like three or four people's heads would turn towards the speakers and just be like, what was that? Like, cause it sounds like something's like malfunctioning. You know what I mean? like this weird splash effect that just kind of rubs me the wrong way and it's uh yeah it could have been lower in the mix for sure it feels like it gets overused yeah like i feel like if it only existed like maybe once or twice i wouldn't have been that bothered by it but it seems like it starts to happen like a good amount of times and I just wish it I just wish it wasn't so abrasive when it comes in 
And I not, think that like that's you just said, like, like not so upfront yeah. in the mix. And I guess maybe maybe that's like one of those things things that's like hard to navigate when you are maybe doing it on a on a four track, but like it just uh or just maybe even the way it it dissipates like after it goes in, like I kinda wish maybe it was underneath the track more. Yeah. And it didn't like disappear so quickly. I think this is just part it, of what you get with Dwight Sykes. It's like if you know, if you're gonna get songs volume one, like the only way he could do this thing is gonna be with all with certain warts, you know what I mean? And like this is just sort of one of the warts, you know? Like that, that just like particular production choice, I guess, or like choice instrumentally doesn't really uh, it doesn't move anything forward to me. Like I would just prefer the space. I agree. I do think it's funny but, though. I remember the first time yeah, I heard it, I, I was like, "Wow, nice." <laughs> We're out here. We're out here on the fringes. You know, I'm just like, like yeah, this is, is like, is like this guy trolling me? You know, <laughs> just making some weird malfunction in the <laughs> yeah, track. He's like, all right, that doesn't like serve serve anything. Yeah. Um, what track should we play? Let's play. That's the way love is. That's the way. Fun love fact: is. back when I was a a single lad on on the, t- the tinder mobile um this was my you could have like a song and this was my song and this was it to which nobody wow. ever commented on because first of all nobody ever really matched with me and second of all if they did they didn't really respond to me um but it was a damn good song that's the way love is dwight sykes
I like how this record shifts though. Like you think it's all gonna be kind of this lo-fi vibe and then you get you that I need. And you just hear this whole new sonic yeah. vibe. Everything's real polished and big on the production well, side. Well, I think that like it feels polished, but I think it's still four track. I do love this song. It's very fat. Like, like it gives me Phil Collins vibes, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like even got some of like even the feel on the drums. Yep. On this track and the following one, kind of like feel like they have that big gated reverb vibe or whatever. Totally, dude. Um, this track and after midnight though just mad antoine vibes on the key like the the keys yeah totally um the uh the synths just the t- the leads yeah the tone on the synths and everything just feels like i could be listening to tuan play for sure it's got that madman vibe ah oh, dude it's so good Yeah, Dwight is so interesting. Like, he's got 16,000 listeners on Spotify. Born 1956. 
in uh, Mississippi. And then at age two, he moved to Kalamazoo. And uh, then he just started playing music in his, his young years and started playing in a bunch of different bands, sort of stuff. I don't know. It never really panned out like super heavy. He joined the military, got an honorable discharge, and then started playing music again. And he had like his bigger band that he had before he did the solo thing was Jahari, which I just texted you. Um, a song called Walk With Me by Jahari that's fucking awesome. Come on and walk with me Let me take you the way to see Come on and give me a hand Let me take you through the love and land Come on and be with me But, uh, I mean, it says now, it says he lives in Atlanta, continues to write music on his Tascam 464 four track and uh, just hoping that something might pop off. You know what I mean? Like, it's like some, like, some, like, Charles Bradley thing in a way. Like, dude's been doing it, you know? And uh, hasn't really seen the you know, the benefits of it from a huge financial break or anything, but like this shit is so good. I love this music, Dude. man. So I'm happy that PPU, the, the label is, um, they put out this and they put out another one by him, um, situations. So yeah, check out cool. some of that yeah. as well. Um, I love that this dude is just my dad's age Yeah, dude. and he's throwing down, these productions like i want to get throwing a, down a dwight sykes yeah. feature just writing these what writing these songs yeah man is is uh it's fucking cool man like if you told me if you told me that dwight sykes was 22 years old i'd be <laughs> like cool yeah dude 100 percent yeah this record also I, I know i mentioned it about playing it at the moon but i appreciate that it has just front to back playability you know like that's something that i really value if i'm like a dj or something and need to take a piss or something get a beer or something you know what i mean like yeah. you can put something on and like you don't have to worry about like taking five minutes as opposed to like, Oh, I need to be back by the end of this song. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it can just run to the next one. That's no problem. You know, like, cause the whole thing is good. There's no Mary on this track. Todd <laughs> Terry. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> you know, you that I need is, it's kind of like one of those tracks that makes me feel like I'm somewhere, you know, it yeah. makes me feel like I'm on sunset strip in Hollywood at night. Or, you know, on the strip in Miami, cruising at night yeah. to, like, the big events. I don't know. It just feels super cinematic. The bass is crazy. Yeah. 
Dude, the bass synth is it's huge. It's a monster. Twinkles going on in the right ear, those synths. It's like super, super cool. Like, yeah, it's it's got some like um, video game ness to it. Also, those synths sound like some like Mario <laughs> synths or or it could even Star be Fox. like on one of the, it could be a station that you choose on Grand Theft Auto totally. while you're driving the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after midnight is kind of similar in that in that same vein. I feel like and just another another killer track. Like when I was hearing this one, I was I was kind of I was kind of wanting to hear some sort of like high pulp cover of this track. I also feel like again just getting a lot of vibes of of some twan on the synths. This song feels like, like a this, Halloween song to me. Dude, this solo that kicks at 350. Yeah. It's uh it's dope. Yeah, there there I'll give you a a little nugget of info. There will be a Dwight Sykes cover on the uh, a future Sun King release. Oh, nice! That we began recording. Be- uh, do you know what, what what tracker are you doing? It's a secret, bro. Oh, it's a secret. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. It's gonna be Dude, that we need track. To get White Sykes on the show. Track two with the big booms on it. Shout out to White Sykes. Please come on the podcast. Dwight Sykes, you inspired countless people to make music. Your shit's awesome. In the Life Zone, one of my favorite tracks on the record. Yeah, dude. Dun, 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 dun. It's super cool. Love the synth pad, like, and the vocals, oh, the so vocals good. too. Just like, it's really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Reaching for that, you know. Dude, in that like that line. In the Life Zone. Living in yeah. the Life Zone. <laughs> God damn, dude! It's so fucking good. Yeah. No, it's oh, it's man. it's untouchable. Nothing, nothing else that I've found. 
does what this does for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those records for you. Yeah, like if I'm looking for this mood, this is the only place I can go. There's a few things yeah. adjacent to it, but like, I mean, that's sort of similar like with Neil Young, right? Like you can go listen to Bob Dylan or even CSNY, but like it's not Neil Young and Crazy Horse or it's it's not Harvest. It's not on the beach. Yeah, man. You know, it's the reason, it's the reason that I have listened to that everybody knows this is nowhere every, every day, day since right. hearing that song because I just need that. I need that. That's your medicine. So, yeah. I also really love on this track on In the Live Zone mm-hmm. that there's a, like, again, you get that that shitty, like, children's karaoke machine vibe on the vocal. I love it. Which yeah. which is super dope. But yeah. then you also, um, at times, the bass line goes clean, mm. which I think is such a cool effect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just these little snippets where you catch it and it just bites. Right. And it's fucking dope. Dude. Right. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a memorable track on this one. Like, this is one that definitely hits the fucking, like, the DJ library. Oh, yeah. Totally. For sure. Totally. Size, yeah, well, dude. get it, get it now, because this podcast is gonna blow that record up. You know, <laughs> they're gonna sell out over there. Yeah, I, I wanna, I wanna get this record for sure. What are we gonna play it out with? When we know. play it out, I know we got some more details. You wanna play? What was that? What's your favorite song on this? Like, well, did you say bye? Bye no, is probably my you, favorite you, track. You, you that I need, but no, I'm bye. Uh, yeah, like I'd be into playing bye. Um, I'd also be into playing you that I need um, just cause it's, it's such a different vibe than what we already played in full. So, but e- either way is good. Yeah. I'll let you decide that. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out while, while we're uh, mulling over our, uh, our options here for, uh, for next, next week or not next week's, but um, for the, for next, the next volume next of I dig records, this was volume 10 or 11 right this now. This is 11. What? 10 was spiritualized and the Jimmy Chamberlain complex, which I would encourage folks, you know, go ahead, go back. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out previous episodes yeah, of this thing, you want to hear us be critical of a, of a, of a pitchfork baby of an iconic record. Um, dig into that. Also hit us with some messages or your thoughts on these records. You know, voicemails are acceptable. Voice memos, those mm-hmm. are acceptable. Those will get play. Your emails yep. will get read. Mm-hmm. We're here. Yeah. We're here, and uh, we want it. So, what are the three records that you you put on for me? The ones that I have that uh, you sent me that I sent to you. So yeah. I sent that. How God, do you pronounce that one? That God Street Park Volume Two. Yeah. So that was cool. That was London. Yeah. Cool label. You found that just digging around. Yeah. Just the other day. And then I sent five you, um, Sonic Youth, Sonic Nurse. 
Sonic Youth is awesome. Um, 2004 release. Yeah, dude. Too. Sonic, Sonic Nurse, so I feel more, like is uh, is. I'm more familiar with like uh, like Daydream Nation and like you know the earlier shit like the 90s. Yeah, and I'm probably more familiar with this record than any of them. Cool. Um, and it's cool because it is like a, I don't know, it's a, I would say it's like a hidden record. You know, it's not one that somebody is gonna hit you with. I don't think. Right, right off the bat, but um, and then the other one's Meltzer, and that's uh, Meltzer. That's Meltzer. How you say it. Meltzer is part of the the Corgi and Bass duo. That's my my buddy Alex Meltzer, and, the uh, keys player, bass player. Uh, the dude that's on like yeah, the not drummer, the not drummer in Corgi and Bass, the one that's. So this know. is his his sous chef. <laughs> Right. If you will, this is his sous chef. I get it. In, I get in it. you know, in Sun King terms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Al- Alex Meltzer. He's incredible, incredible. Yeah, it was vibing. Uh, it was producer a cool and beat maker. Beat tape. Yeah, and, I checked uh, all of them out. Yeah, check him out in the shower this time, not the bath. I just, I just love that dude, and everything he does is pretty amazing. Really fun to watch him do live sets. Cool. Like he's. I feel like he's the one that that all the heads like to watch too. Mm. You know, you hear a lot of those like, "Whoa!" I wonder what he shit uses. Like, shit like that, you know. Do you know what he uses? A lot of times he's just fucking around with like that 808. And I don't know. I would. I would. Uh, I'll. T- I'll tag you in his. Uh, his Instagram. He always yeah. has new videos going up. He's been doing a lot of live streams and. Tuan just got this cool octo track, which is like or octa track. It's just it's like crazy sort of like live sampler thing. Nice. I'm just also yeah. like a terrible person to ask to like identify gear. Andy so. bought his girlfriend a guitar for her birthday. And I was like, cool. What'd you get her? And he was like, I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you don't remember like, you know, like uh, what, who made it or like what kind? I was like, yeah, what body yeah, did yeah, it yeah, have? Yeah. Was it a Telecaster or a SG or whatever? And he was like, um, and he like drew it out with his hands. He was like, it's like this one. I was like, oh, a Stratocaster. Oh my okay. God, dude. That's yeah, so, so funny. You're not alone. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, I know some guitars and, and yeah. some microphones and whatnot, but we right. start, we start talking about, you know, all the different NPCs and, and shit yeah, like no, that, that and, yeah. you know, but usually he's always rocking like one of those Rollins and then maybe cool. a couple of other things, but just a really impressive fellow that Alex Meltzer. So people should check out that gold room. Definitely. Yeah. If they this like was actually, the white Sykes, this was a good, um, you know what I would actually love and you should tell Alex, I'd love to hear his shit run through a four track. Be interesting. Mm, I'm sure you he had, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, if he has stuff on a four yeah. track, like he's, he's somebody that's always tinkering around yeah. with different, different shit. Like, Meltzer's the shit, dude. So, I was excited about these because usually, like, when I listen through what you send me, I'm sort of like, I want to do that one, you know? But this one, I was sort of like, all three of these were pretty interesting. Yeah, you I, was, know? I was trying to have that effect on you this time around. So. You nailed it. Um, We're going to go Sonic Youth here. Nice, dude. I'm I'm excited to do this. I love Sonic I love Youth Sonic record. Youth. Um, one hundred percent the 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 main record that has influenced me is Daydream Nation. And I remember I read this book, Our Band Could Be Your Life, 
back mm. in. Did you read that book? No, I remember you telling me about that. That's the Minutemen one. Yeah, it's got like a, like a whole bunch of like just sort of punk bands from yeah. the late eighties, um, and that got me into uh, Daydream Nation, and you know then from there I I listened a bit more to like Sister and Goo and Dirty, but like n- not much really beyond that because like none of them for me did what daydream nation did mm. so i'm excited to fast forward like what uh 2004 was it 16 years from daydream nation and sort of see like what they're doing you know what i mean like they're on a they're on a big label at this point and like they're obviously sort of like crowned as the 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 folks to be to be reckoned with as far as like being the shit um so yeah i put on like a couple minutes of a couple songs and i was like this seems cool like i'm i'm excited yeah i'm stoked because like i honestly am not some sonic youth head i don't know tons of their music um i will have to even dip back into daydream nation before we do this so this good episode just to even familiarize myself with the songs that are actually on that one but yeah man this is just uh one that was uh was left behind for me for by like a dear friend and and was just like one of those records that i was just like whoa this is this is fucking cool and i have it on vinyl and it's just something i throw on every once in a while and just uh I'm always kind of like, whoa, cool. This is this is rad. Cool. And I think it has like a lot of it's got a lot of different feels on it from from track to track, I think. So that'll be cool to that'll be cool to fucking uh to dive into that one deep. I think it's been been a little while since I've uh hit it hard and put it yeah. on. So then I I hit you with um Grancham Moncure Evolution featuring tony williams i don't know if we've yeah. done a tony lee williams. morgan too yeah lee morgan uh maybe reggie workman uh, bobby hutchinson is bobby on that too killer yeah grant Monk here, blue note era just like super hip like awesome awesome yeah and it's trombone led like that's the that's the leader which is pretty crazy i mean not crazy i guess but uh, you know usually you see trumpet and saxophone you don't see too many uh, trombone leaders um then i hit you with shoddy pimp that record is uh on some sort of memphis also four track memphis uh still coming still coming real. real yeah memphis 90s four track like shit that i love like tommy Wright the third love that um children of the corn early three six mafia stuff um but this is all four track and what's cool about this record is like just the flows that you hear um have come back into style and like they originated in 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 memphis so it's like the triplet flow that you hear like migos and young thug doing um or that like 16th note double time in the pocket thing that you also hear you know a lot of trap guys doing uh you it's super super cool to hear like these like 
Memphis cats on a four track doing it. And also like with some really cool like chopping. Then I hit you with sceneries, not songs. Yeah. Larry Heard. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm only superficially familiar with two records of his, but um, he is somebody, if we don't do a record of his on this one, we got to dive in because he is like, he is deserved of, of many, many accolades. Um, godfather of a lot of, a lot of innovation. Um, sampled by Kanye on Life of Pablo, bunch of other cats. So what are we doing? I love them all. Yeah, man, this is this is also like one for me where I kind of wanted to do all these records and uh, that scenery is not songs is I checked that out. That seemed like a trip of a record. It kind of it kind of mm-hmm, like gave me mm-hmm. some of those Todd Terry vibes totally. even like listening to it, which I thought I thought was cool. Um, the ones I got torn to torn between, though, is the uh, the shoddy pimp and that uh, that jazz record. Mm-hmm. Grant your mind. And uh, we're going to keep the four-track vibes going, bud. Yes, dude. We're going with this shoddy pimp. Yes. I feel like we haven't done a rap record in a while. Oh, yeah. And I checked out a couple of tracks on this and was, was pretty into it. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get this on I vinyl, wanna... but it's like 100 bucks now. It sucks. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I wanna dive deeper into that one. Yeah, that's cool. So that's where we're going to come at. We're gonna bring. We also got to listen a little bit to um, Tommy Wright the Third, and just like do some some Memphis, just Memphis four track. Just Google it, Memphis. Tommy Wright the Third. Yeah, Tommy Wright the Third, Running and Gunning, name of the album. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, but yeah, Shoddy Pimp, man, and ch- Shoddy Children Pimp. of the Corn. I'll send you some stuff. Children of the Corn? Yeah, I'll send you some stuff. Uh, Children of the Corn. Look up the song Devil Shit. Devil Shit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, devil Shit? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really even... I don't know what to say about that. Don't worry, man. It's going to be okay. Um, well, I'm excited. Cool. We're doing uh Sonic Youth and Shoddy Pimp. Yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be fun. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. We're going to do All right. We're going to we're going to end with some wiki ball, okay? Bro. Yes. Yes. We're going to we're going to start with uh with flannel. Okay? okay? Yep. And we're going to get to uh Silent Night. The song? Yeah. All right. You ready? So, Flannel to Silent Night. I'm I'm on Flannel yeah. right now. And then we'll just it. pause it while we go yeah. so listeners don't have to listen to it and then we'll figure out who wins and then we'll read back what we went through. You go into the history. <laughs> I don't You're know. You're just gonna pause that. it so they don't but have to listen gonna, to us play. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play the episode out with Oh this, come on, uh, they gotta know who wins. <laughs> God um, damn it. Alright. Did you start? No. Yeah, I'm about to now though. I'm going.
back in so the listeners didn't have to listen to all that shit. Now, we let them know that I kicked your ass. And then I'll go and show you where I went. Flannel, bedsheet, bed, olive, New Testament, gospel, Jesus, Christmas, Christmas music, silent night. Where'd you go? You did it, everybody. You were all over in the Arabic languages. Uh, Dude, I'm all all over the place. Pediatrics. I mean, climate change, Middle East, classical Arabic, um, varieties of Arabic, continuum, uh, mental health, hashtag meditation, (laughs) (laughs) mental health again, uh, child. That's where I went wrong. I started with child after I went to nightwear. So from flannel to nightwear to child was, was my mistake. Like where you think child is going to take I don't know. I thought I was going to maybe.